Hey, everybody. I'm Tyler Suters with the Consumer Technology Association. We are the owners and the producers of CES, the most influential tech event in the world. And we are getting you CES ready. The new all-digital show is January 11th through the 14th, 2021, and we are reimagining CES. Yes, we're supporting what makes CES so unique, but we're also enabling you to connect with new global audiences. At CES 2021, you will hear from the world's leading tech innovators, all from the comfort and the safety of your own office or your home. Exhibitors can launch the latest products. You can connect with global brands, the hottest startups, and one another. It's where the tech sector comes together. And this all digital event will be more personalized, an experiential event. You'll find engaging content, captivating imagery, dynamic presentations, but this new experience will give you a front row seat as well. You'll discover and see the latest tech from key categories. And if you know CES, you know them well by now. Vehicle technology, 5G, AI, smart cities, resilience, digital health, drones, and of course, a focus on startups. And that is also a priority for an organization whose name you know well, but you may not know the entire breadth of their scope. That is AARP. This is a group that is a catalyst for innovation, working with startups of all sizes to launch ideas and get products to the next level. Specifically, we're talking to the lead for AARP's Innovation Labs. Now, Fast Company named AARP's Innovation Labs one of 2020's best workplaces for innovators. So whether you are involved in a startup, thinking about a startup, or even looking to work with startups, this is a great place to start. Today, a conversation with the Senior Vice President of AARP's Innovation Labs on this edition of CES Tech Talk. Andy Miller is the Senior Vice President of AARP Innovation Labs and a repeat guest here on CES Tech Talk. And Andy, good to have you back with us. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, let's begin at the beginning. Um, AARP is something we all know uh, with varying degrees of familiarity, I imagine. Why the focus on innovation? Why the focus on startups? Why is such a distinct turn toward technology? Yeah, you know, ARP is really all about empowering people to choose how they live as they age. And we know we can do that in a, a multitude of ways internally. But we also understand we have to be out trying to help shape and influence innovations that are happening all around us. And we know startups as one of the most prolific innovation channels that exist today. They go fast. They can think of things and, and operate and execute things that large companies just can't do. So we're always looking for disruptive startups that are, frankly, aligned with our social mission and building things that we know are going to create material societal impact for our audience. And we think CES is just one of the best places we can go to not only find startups, but also showcase the startups that we're already working with. Yeah, I think we'd agree with you wholeheartedly on that point. Um, it's interesting that you, you at AARP, Andy, break it down into three particular areas that you all are focused on. Product development, startup engagement, design thinking, and I'll let you run through each of those, but those are three areas that if I'm in the startup space, if I'm an entrepreneur looking to, you know, at various stages of my company's development, all three of those have got me pretty excited. Yeah, you know, it's, it's really interesting, and we continue to evolve uh, every year, it seems like, as we look at... Uh, 
uh, what we've done in, the, in prior years and, and, and sort of best practice and how we can we can improve, right? Eating our own dog food, if you will, uh, using design thinking to, to try and uh, increase or better the relationship we have with startups and what we can offer them. But as I think about each one of the areas, design thinking is really interesting. This is basically like an internal consultancy. If you know, you know the firm IDEO, it's really similar to that, where we're using human-centered design techniques to help startups. And one of the things that we know about startups is they often come, founders can come from many different backgrounds. So a lot of them may be engineers and they're really good at the tech. They may not be so good at talking to customers, right? Human-centered design can, can sort of help fill that void. Uh, similarly, you may have folks that come from the business side that are really going after a need, and but they don't know how to build the tech. And so we leverage human-centered design to bring the consumer, whomever that is, into the center of everything we do. And startups usually don't have the resources uh, to go out and hire a firm like IDEO to help them do these things. So we think it's really important to be able to bring the consumer to the center and help the startup really understand whether it's the user experience, how to position and market to them, or whatever it may be. Design thinking can actually really bring that to light and help the startups um, focus on the things that they may not be great at. So that's the design so, thinking piece. Okay. So shifting into again startup mode, and I'm and I'm looking for a partner for accelerants for for something for my for my newfound company to grow. Um, what are the parameters that you're working under with with AARP and the Innovation Labs? What is what does it take to get your attention? Yeah, so we really focus on on uh, two primary categories: uh, health and wealth. We call them right. So really. Uh, mm -hmm. And underneath health, it's around healthcare and it's around caregiving. Uh, underneath wealth, it's around uh, really financial resiliency. So, so things like work and job, savings and planning. Um, even uh, we're now looking at housing as a component. And we mm -hmm. call these our social impact areas. So these are really where we're trying to focus our efforts. And ARP uh, will we'll spend a lot of time and energy on policy and research and, and advocacy in these areas. But we're, you know, ARP Innovation Labs, we're really focused on trying to find those disruptive startups that are playing in those spaces and then helping them accelerate, again, through things like design thinking. We're making investments in these startups now. We're working on building out an ecosystem to give them more opportunities to find uh, commercial opportunities to pilot or clinical trial opportunities. And so th those are really the areas we're focused on. And we need startups that are earlier stage. We're not looking for you know, a Series B kind of uh, company that's been around a while. They have significant revenues. Mm -hmm. They've raised tons of money. We really need, our sweet spot is really, you know, seed or Series A funded companies that have a product. They don't have product market fit. They may not understand the, you know, messaging and positioning. They're still working on that. And that's where mm -hmm. we can really uh, provide a lot of assistance and, and, and help them grow their business. Mm -hmm. um, how do you find them? I mean, this is this is one great way to get the word out, right? To talk to a dedicated and large tech-centric audience, but how do you make those connections? Obviously, CES is another way, but what's the most effective way where you're getting to the audience that you really want to, to reach to have an impact? Yeah, we have two primary paths that we take to find startups. Uh, the first is we work with accelerator programs. So uh, in particular, we work with Mass Challenge in their health tech and their fintech programs. And obviously that makes sense if we're focused on health tech and fintech. Uh, and we will launch challenges once a year through Mass Challenge. We just finished up picking our our companies for the 2021 cohort. We're going to be working with 10 uh, startups through through the Mass Challenge program. We work with another accelerator called Upward Labs. 
It's a little bit different program. They're really focused on uh, more of the fintech uh, areas, a little mm-hmm. bit of health tech, but they, they're uh, out of Hartford, Connecticut, and they're focused on pilots and getting commercial trans, you know, pilots and transactions. So that's the first way we we find startups. The second way, uh, and maybe the, the 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 better way, quite frankly, because the, the accelerator programs tend to be cyclical. So there's one cohort a year kind of thing. So you have to, mm-hmm. you know, get in the hopper in August to make the cohort in January. And if we meet the company. <laughs> You know, let's say we meet a company in, in you know, January. Well, they don't want to wait a whole other year to work with us. So uh, one of the things we do is we, we launch um, uh, pitch events all over the country. In fact, this will be the third year in a row that we partner with the CTA Foundation and, and host a, a pitch event. Uh, I don't believe we're doing it at CES. We're doing it, I think, a week or two after. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that's the first one that we, we do every year. Uh, last year, we did it with CTA Foundation and Procter & Gamble. Uh, in a three-way uh, uh, sort of challenge, if you will. Uh, mm-hmm. But the challenges, the, the pitch events let us actually have unique theme challenges where we can go out. We do it all over the country, at least in a normal year. We would tra- we tra- uh, tra- travel all over the country uh, looking for, for different startups. Obviously, 2020 was a little bit different. Going into 2021, we'll, we'll still be in a virtual uh, sort of capacity here. Um, but that's the, the the way we can at any given time. We do eight of them a year, so there's always a, a pitch event, you know, probably mm-hmm. a month or two if, away from us meeting a startup. Uh, in those pitch events, you don't have to win. To, and everyone gets worried about that. Like, well, what if I don't win the pitch event? Can I still work with ARP? The answer is absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. You just have to make it to a pitch event. If you make it to present, then you're eligible to be for for uh, someone on the ARP Innovation Labs team to uh, make a decision to work with you. So those are the, the two primary paths. Um, so far, they've been extremely lucrative. We've had great success uh, in both the, the accelerator channels as well as the, the pitch events. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you said, you know, air quoting now, in a normal year, so throw that out the window. Um, looking at 2020 and what we've all been through, Andy, um, and going back to your, your key areas of health, wealth, and self, um, certainly health is is the most obvious component that's been affected in the year of the pandemic. But wealth and self are, are, are there, too. Um, what's the year been like for you? How have you adapted? How are you evolving to to face this challenge? And, and you know, frankly, the challenges that still lie ahead for us. Um, yeah. So 2020, interestingly enough, um, what we've seen for, for not only ARP Innovation Labs, but a, a number of startups um, it, it, we've seen people step up, and we've seen them actually thrive in this in this uh, in this year of chaos, right? Um, the uh, idea of startups um, being able to get the support they needed throughout the year, and, and sort of I think about it in the sense of, you know, when when everyone was nervous, right? What was going to happen? And, and companies were not investing, and companies were running the other way. Uh, trying to hold out to see what's going to happen. We were we were jumping in, right? We were we were writing checks. We were creating opportunities for the startups, uh, and and we saw a lot of our startups pivot, if you will, and and not necessarily full blown. We're no longer in this business. And I give you a quick example: uh, a company called Tembo Health, which is a telehealth company specifically targeting rural assisted living facilities. And so this okay. is this really rings true, right? So when the pandemic hit. And the minute that assisted living facility had a case, it got locked down. Um, all of the residents, loved ones couldn't go see them. So you couldn't go see mom or dad or grandpa or grandma anymore. And you had really no idea what was happening in the facility. Um, Temple Health had a uh, lifeline into the facility because they were, they were doing telehealth um, sessions with the residents. 
So they quickly realized that there was excess capacity in their platform, and they approached us and said, you know, we have these the system set up in, I don't know, it was 20, 20 or so uh, assisted living facilities that we think we could repurpose so that people could actually talk to their loved ones through our telehealth. And it has nothing to do with telehealth, right? It was just, we want to connect. It was more about social isolation. And so uh-huh. we quickly uh, were able to work with, with Tembo Health to figure out a, a solution where within these 20 facilities, all of a sudden we could facilitate, you know, a FaceTime-like session with people that didn't necessarily have FaceTime-compatible devices. And they could go talk to their their mom, their dad, or their loved one. So we, we really uh, looked at the pandemic and said, okay, well, how can we spring into action as European Innovation Labs? How can we create more opportunity for our startups? Mm-hmm. And, and albeit really focusing on um, those issues that we knew people, not that we didn't care about them or didn't focus on them, because social isolation, for example, has always been a big problem, but it just became um, accelerated, right, in a way that no one had anticipated. So we really tried yeah. to help all of our startups figure that out. And then ARP Innovation Labs also sprung into action. Uh, and we said, okay, well, how can we create uh, a bigger opportunity to provide assistance to all these people that we know are struggling and that need help? And we actually built something in a five-day window uh, called uh, ARP Community Connections, and it's arpcommunityconnections.org. And it turns out we built the largest aggregator of mutual aid sites in the country. And a mutual aid site, for those that don't know, uh, it's simply a local informal organization created in the community, you know, by the community for the community, if you will. So mm-hmm. someone gets diagnosed with COVID, they need someone to walk their dog. Uh, someone's need is quarantined and they need their medication from CVS. Someone else that can, that can go pick it up would go pick it up. So it's, you know, those that can provide assistance uh, stepping up to help those in need. And we then tacked onto that, uh, I'll call it a marketplace. Uh, where it was an opportunity for us to not only uh, take the startups we were working with that had solutions for COVID, but we opened it up and we said, okay, any startup out there that's doing something interesting to help in this time, uh, we'll we'll promote you. We had a whole resources tab. So we were trying to bring uh, create a marketplace for anyone that needs to find help, assistance, tools, resources that were being provided by startups to gain access through our site. So um, interestingly enough, while 2020 is a, a horrific year, um, we were able to really uh, step up in the ARP Innovation Labs and its startup portfolio. Uh, we're able to bring some tools to bear to really help people in need. Yeah, I love the the, the pictures you're painting there, Andy, with the the connectivity that that tech enables, especially during this pandemic. Right, whether it's seeing the people you love who are you know in an assisted living home where where you can't physically reach them or that that community connectivity, right? Of like like you said, walking the dog or grabbing a prescription. It's it's a great example of what technology is able to do in in such a time of challenge. Um, in in more traditional times, um, when we all used to be at the same place at work at the same time, I mean we'll get back there. Um, I love the idea and what you all put together with the hatchery. Um, cool name, capital H for hatchery, but the the innovation lab that you have right at, your, right at HQ in Washington, D.C. Um, how is that evolving? What's what what's the latest there and, and, and the next steps for the hatchery? So unfortunately, the hatchery has been empty <laughs> for the most part. Yeah, yeah I would think right? so. Uh, and we're, we're super excited to get back to work here and, and be able to, to sort of get, all get back to the, 
what we all know to be that sort of beehive mentality that you find in these labs and in these these co-working kind of spaces. Um, our, our goal really is is focusing right now on continuing to make sure we're providing um, the right tools to our startups and, and the channels which they need them, right? So the virtual uh, channels, been we've been testing every you know possible platform you can imagine this year uh, <laughs> with the expectation that we're going to continue for some time into 21 having to, to operate in this capacity. So, and that holds true for our pitch events too, right? Uh, we didn't want to mm-hmm. stop. We still want to do eight of them this year. Um, and so really the focus has been less on the physical space. However, um, one of the things we are working on, uh, and we will announce formally uh, in the first quarter here, is building out a collaborative ecosystem. And this ecosystem is going to bring together uh, large organizations, so nonprofits, for-profits, uh, folks that are looking to work with startups. And they may already be trying to work with startups. They may or may not have an innovation function. Uh, and they may or may not know how to find source and, and find and vet these startups. So what we're doing is trying to create an environment where they can all step into it. And ARP would would be the one that would sort of convene, if you will. We've become really good at working with startups, sourcing them, vetting them, helping them become what we call enterprise ready. Because what we see a lot of times is the startup doesn't know how to work with the big company and the big company doesn't know how to work with the startup. Mm. And so we're trying to create an environment where we're, we're able to help both sides understand the other and actually act as a convener, which is one of the things we do so well at ARP. And so we, we do anticipate the physical space, the hatchery coming back into play at some point in 2021, <laughs> yeah. probably through um, uh, this collaborative ecosystem where you know we'll, we'll have partners that will every month will do some sort of demo day, if you will, right? Of the the, the portfolio companies that want to you know, look for different opportunities for clinical trials or for commercial pilots. And yeah. we really think that the physical space will be, quite frankly, I think once we're all said and done, people are going to be clamoring to go back to physical spaces <laughs> and, and to have these you know these social opportunities that are not just boxes on a screen. Um, and so I, I can't wait for that. In fact, um, I, I often use my virtual background now, uh, whether it's Zoom or Teams, of, of different pictures of the hatchery, uh, just to try and brighten people's day when they, you know, when they're <laughs> right? Because it, it's a really nice space and, and it sort of exudes that energy that you get from startup land. So looking forward to 2021, making it back. I'm not sure when that will be. Uh, but, but in the meantime, how do we, how do we create the virtual hatchery, if you will? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a, that's a great, uh, an optimistic outlook on, on, on what's ahead, Andy, but most immediately let's talk about CES 2021, um, on the topic of things that are a bit different. And to your point, yeah, we really miss that face-to-face meeting, that serendipity and at CES, you know, the five cents experience when you're, you're walking the halls and engaging with exhibitors and seeing these products in place. Um, what is your approach to the all digital CES 2021 and um, how that's how that's come about from, you know, some of your first engagements with CES back in 2019? Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. Um, as we're going through 2020 and as, as, you know, hopefully most of your listeners know, CES is, a, is an annual planning cycle for most companies that are exhibiting, at least if you're exhibiting on any, any scale. So, you know, mm-hmm. when we finished CES 2020, we were immediately, you know, kicking into, okay, what's next year look like? Uh, and so we were really amped. I mean, we, we had gone from 2019, we had a 400 square foot, you know, little booth or house we had built 
to last year we had a 3,000 square foot booth. We had a stage in our booth. We had I don't know, 10 or 12 startups in our booth and um, had over 20 uh, activations on our stage. And it was wildly successful, at least from our standards or, or expectations. And so we were really excited for this year to continue to build on that uh, physical presence. Um, but as we were thinking about this throughout the year, it became, uh, okay, well, what what happens if we can't, there isn't CES, right? Like, and, and we sort of thought through like, what if CES actually doesn't happen at all? Um, what, what would we do? Is there an opportunity still to do something? And then if CES happens in a virtual manner, what would that look like? And and so we did our best to try and think through these things. Obviously, we had to uh, sort of wait for, for CTA Foundation to, to come and figure out so what, what it was going to look like. But, you know, I, I, I'm hopeful that one of the things that will be really interesting here is because of its, its virtual, uh, you, you know, you don't have the same limitations you may have when you're physically at CES, right? With the ability to move across town, for example, right? If you're at one of the venues, uh, you know, and you got to get to another venue and, and it just, there's only so many hours in a day. There's only so many, you know, cabs and trains and, and the ability to, to move around. So I'm actually excited that in the virtual you know, capacity here, people can literally hop around. There's not like, oh, I got to run from the Aria over to the, the Sands <laughs> over to the convention center. And it's, right. it's you know, right. that takes time and effort. I think that it's going to, it could potentially provide a lot more visibility to people where they can, they can see more. Now you mm -hmm. do lose the five cents, you know, five senses sort of thing where you can't feel and touch and necessarily uh, play with in the same way. Um, but but I, I actually am thinking about reach more than I am, you know, playing with some of this stuff, right? Um, uh, and hopefully we can just whet appetites enough uh, that people can reach out directly to the, the startups. Uh, I think we're going to have 10 startups there again this year um, mm -hmm. where they can reach out and, and figure out how do they get a demo? How do they they um, experience the tech in, in a way that will make sense for them. Right. So I, I do think that while there'll be some level of confusion, you know, we're going to an all digital uh, world here. We've never done this before. Any of, none of us have ever done this before. Um, I think there'll be a, a potentially a much larger reach uh, in, in, in therefore getting, you know, getting your solution and your message in front of that mm -hmm. many more people, which is never a bad thing. Right. Right. An insightful outlook there, Andy. I mean, I don't want to, Lose sight of the fact that you being based in Boston and me being based in Washington, D.C., we are really going to miss like sunny 70 degree days yeah. in January <laughs> when you are bouncing, <laughs> bouncing around sure. town. That's and, for sure. And um, you know, being optimistic, let's let's look ahead then to 2022 and where we are back together in Las Vegas. Um, do you does your growth continue um, for the Innovation Labs and the partnership at CES? You, you talked about going from 400 square feet to 3000. Um, don't think we expect that much growth again in 2022, but it, are you looking forward to and see the distinct value of being in person and having that engagement when the time is right? I do. And I, I actually, I tend to think people will overcorrect and us included, <laughs> right? Where it may go from, you know, um, uh, having whatever plan we had for 21 to going virtual to like, okay, we're back together. We're going to, we're going to be over the top or we're going to, you know, we're going to, Make sure the activation is just that much bigger and bolder, and and so I think you're going to see some of that for sure, um, where people are are again really missing and wanting to have those experiences. So uh, I, I would expect for ARP Innovation Labs, we will uh, definitely uh, maybe not physical size be bigger. Uh, I would expect we'll have more um, more startups engaged. Uh, I mentioned we're now we're now investing in companies, so. 
Um, You know, this year alone, we've made uh, 18 investments since March. And I would expect that over the course of next year, it's probably 20 to 25. And once we make an investment, it's not you're you're part of the family, right? So it's not like just (laughs) because I made an investment in 2020, um, you don't get to go to 2022 necessarily, right? So uh, uh, I, I would expect that we, you know, our stable of, of companies will be much larger. Um, we continue to see things, you know, the technology advance every day. We see, you know, uh, different t- tools and in, in, uh, products that are really in- interesting that will just be that much further along by the time we bring them next, you know, in 2022. So uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm really looking forward to it. And I think it'll be a, a an energy like you've never seen before. Now, not to say CS doesn't have crazy energy always, because it does. <laughs> but I do think there'll be some level of energy that will be even greater when we, again, when we can all finally get back together. And almost like you, you, you really miss it. And you, what, like, what is this energy, this vibe, and the the access to so many different really interesting technologies and and products that are solving real problems. Yeah, spoken like a true CES veteran. Uh, Andy Miller is Senior Vice President of AARP Innovation Labs and a veteran of the CES Tech Talk podcast as well. Andy, always great to have you with us. Thanks so much and hope you and AARP's Innovation Labs have just a fantastic CES 2021. I appreciate it and uh, thanks for having me. All right, that is a wrap for this edition of CES Tech Talk. You know, CES transcends the traditional tech industry. Companies can use CES as a platform to show how they're embracing technology and evolving their business. And CES 2021 will be a critical event for companies to launch and showcase new products and innovations. Companies can make major announcements during media day, demo products via live events, video content, and digital activations. You can engage directly with your target audiences through live chat and meetings. And we want you to be CES ready. We are almost upon the big show. So do yourself a favor, subscribe to the CES Tech Talk podcast so you don't miss any of our episodes. And CES 2021 is January 11th through the 14th. New announcements, updated information, all you need to know is at ces.tech, that is ces.tech. As always, nothing about this podcast would be remotely possible without the true stars of our show, our executive producer, Jennifer Drogas, our assistant producer, Kristen Nemeroff, and our senior studio engineer, John Lindsay. I'm Tyler Suters. Let's talk tech again soon.